Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Um, uh, oh. I guess the word is expectant. What? Yes. In which way? Well, that by yes. the time you're listening to this, I'm hoping that we have our baby granddaughter. Why? Because she was, uh, my daughter-in-law Jessica was induced last night, meaning Why? Thursday, Wednesday evening into Why? Thursday morning. I understand that there was a little issue with uh, blood pressure, so they wanted to get it going uh-huh. in a controlled environment. So she's at the hospital, and um, we're waiting. It's wonderful, except the baby won't be an Aquarius then. Oh, okay. She won't be an Aquarius. So now I'm a little annoyed. Mm. Okay. You'll have to take that up with us. It Ida. has to be, I don't know if it's the 20 or the 21st. So she has to stay. It, it can't. It can't <laughs> oh, happen. My God, she cannot be in labor that long. Please. I why I was three what, days. Five days. three days. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, they call it know. prolonged latent phase labor. Okay. So it was two days. What do you mean? You just said you had a cesarean. I did, but not the first one. It wasn't oh, a scheduled section. So I didn't it was. Know that. I yeah. Both were cesarean. They ended. Well, they were. But yeah. the first one was not planned. Obviously, it never is, really, unless there's an issue. Right. And there was not. So it's just during the delivery process, things did not go as planned because Tommy's head was the size of a watermelon. And, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember when I was, it was funny because when I was pregnant with Tommy and when I was at the doctor's office, he said, you know, no, you got a good hip span. I said, yeah, no kidding. And he says, you should have no problem. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't matter because it just wasn't going to happen. So it was three days. It was, yeah, it was awful. Awful. Wow. Mm-hmm. I went in on Tuesday and he wasn't delivered till Friday, Friday morning. So it wasn't a full, full four, three days, but three days, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday morning. Well, all I care about right now is that they are both <sighs> happy and well and everybody of comes course out of I okay. do too I just am so, just being snippy about the well you know I said to Patrick this morning I said it's interesting that she's early uh well she's early but um her father's birthday Tyler's birthday is the 23rd so they will be very close in their birthdays from this point forward yes so that's okay i think that's great i'm very happy it is it's so i'm uh, that's why i say i'm expecting as you hear this 
um, you know, so we will probably will know what has happened. But so if you, but if they, she can like hold on there till till Sunday, we're okay. <laughs> it's got to be the twentieth. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. So we, she's been duly notified. Well, but it is the seven. It is the seventeenth. Forget it. It's never going to happen. No. Well, that's okay. Soon you yes. will be a grandmama. Yes. And what are they going to call you, Grand Granny? I, everybody has asked me that question. I have no idea. Lynn, just going to go with Lynn? No, I don't think so. I think we need something a little bit more definitive than just Lynn. So I, I well, what do you friend, like? I have a friend whose uh, grandchildren call her um, Grammy Sue, Grammy Susie. And so that distinguishes her from her other grandmother. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I just thought maybe Grammy Lynn would be fine. It's easy to roll off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Kids could say it. And what about the big guy? What's he going to be called? He pop. Not he. I think he said pop up. He likes, I like that too. He likes that. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess that's how it will be. Who knows? I mean, at, at this point, the child can't even speak. She hasn't even born yet. Uh huh. So we can't be going. Well, I have friends, and I love them. They're kind of family in a way, and her. Her oldest grandson Tommy used to call his her dum dum. That was what he couldn't get. Like it just wasn't. He didn't mean it the way it just was. What he said to this day, she's called dum dum. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I, I hope that mistake <laughs> doesn't happen. But it's just so cute. I mean, the, the, some of the things they say are adorable. Well, did you I know? tell you the story about uh, my brother? And his daughters? No. And what they called my grandmother? No. What did they call? Well, uh, it's funny because for some silly reason, my brother could not say grandma when he referred to my mother's mother. So he called her Munji. Got the the letters mixed up, the G oh and the M in order. So we always called her Munji. And Which she, is cute. She thought that was fine because with 13 grandchildren, that we all had different names for her. I like it. <laughs> so Munji is what came out of my brother's mouth, and that's how it continued. So then when my oldest niece was born, my brother's daughter, the question was, well, what do we call my mother, who would be her grandmother? Right. Without any provocation at all not even asking her what she would want to call my mom my niece came out with munga it's so close to what her father called his grandmother and i just think that's really weird and is that what your mother was yes munga oh my god munga and so wow younger sister then adopted and what about diane's kids they call her they called my mother um uh, well, first of all, they called her Mom Mom. I like that, too. I think that's cute. And so Mom Mom was the name both of them used. But then as they got older, uh, my my niece, Mara, started calling her uh, Grands. 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 Mm-hmm. And, and that's just kind of how it's done. Yeah, so, so they all kind of have their own little lingo. That's well, what I said. When I... When I remember when I grew up, my one of my best friend, <clears throat> Linda Chuchio Fazula's grandma, they called her Mom-Mom. Yes. And so we always called, not all of us had grandmas, like I did and Linda did. And we used to call, so Mom-Mom, I always called her, when I saw her, I would just call her Mom-Mom and they would call my grandmother Nana because we called 
both of my grandmothers, Nana Cadden and Nana Lee. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's just what we did. Yeah. And my kids, because they called my grandmother grandma, because my grandmother was still living and she was Nana. So my mother was grandma. Nana was my mother, and then on, t- on their dad's side of the family, his mother had passed away before they, any of them were kids were born. So they, so my father-in-law was remarried. So they call her, like you, uh, as a step grandma, they call her Nana Jill. Mm-hmm. So that's. Yeah. It's cute. Whatever it is, it's endearing, and it's it's, it's a fine. Fam- That's you know, it's a family I, thing, and I don't really care. You know, it's not just get here, kids, so you can yeah, see her. Right. And you already have her name, so you know yes. that. But I just want I want her to 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 have the opportunity to call me something because I think it's it's something that comes from her. Mm-hmm. So as long as it's not something that's really dumb, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I'm not dumb, dumb, or I some other crazy cute, thing, I love it. You know that's fine. Yeah. So okay. Well, well good luck. God bless her. Yeah. Exactly. We'll see how that goes. Exactly. So what else happened uh, this week? Anything? Um, other than well, you're listening to us in the morning. Hopefully, we don't. We have no clue this Thursday afternoon what the snow amount may be. So let's hope it. Yeah. Maybe it'll just flip and blow right by us. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, that's what chance. I'm hoping for. Well, it you know, there's always that possibility that the, I know. the storm could take a southerly route. That would be nice, but what whatever. Go visit our friends in the south. Yeah, like the poor folks that are in Philadelphia area. Why did they get it? They'll get it. They'll get. Oh yeah, if they go south, are they getting yeah. it anyway? Yes. Okay. See, I didn't pay attention to that. Okay. Yes. Have so, you been out at all or anything lately? Um, I'm trying to think. There is a place that we went to. I'm who? Uh, Patrick and I. Well, we were at Natalie's last week. Remember? Yes, but the night before that, I believe he and I went up to uh, not Ruby Tuesday, um, Ruby the, the Red Tuesday. Lobster. Who could? Yeah. And we really had. I love that place. I mean, I know people say I it's, don't, but I love the fish. I mm-hmm. love love it so we i don't like chain restaurants that's you know that so i know what i like that one and i also like ruby <clears throat> tuesday so um mm-hmm. that's where we went do they still have that salad bar at ruby yep. twos mm-hmm. okay that's good that was always good fresh yeah you know but all right <sighs> i feel like there's something else that i was going to say and i can't remember what it is of course i didn't write it down somewhere but there we are well it's um I had a, 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 I don't think I, we have, um, all week I've had things to do, things were happening, but be, like this weekend was pretty slow for me. You know, it was kind of nice. Yeah, I was going to say around. by design. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I mean, other than going out on um, Saturday Saturday, night. and then of course the damn Eagles lost. Oh yeah, that was not good. <sighs> right through his hands, maybe. Well... What are you going to do? Now well, we have to figure out who I'm going to root for going forward for the Slooper Bowl. Well, not only because that, because I've always loved games. the Rams. I know. And I've always loved the Rams, and now they're playing the Saints, and I like the Saints too. So I, I don't know, because you know the old Sean Payton thing. He's slept in my house. and 
Patents, which is true, yes. as a young boy, because yes. I bought my house from the Patents, and the Patents, Bob Patents brother is Sean Patents father, and so they, you know, I told you that they sent Sean a letter, a little picture, and said, hey, from one Sean to another, I slept in your house when I was a little boy, so it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, but I've always liked the Saints, and um, so I don't know what I'm going to do. And the other two, I don't. The only thing is, I, I kind of were rooting for the underdog of the Chiefs because the Patriots. I'm sick of them winning. Although I, I don't dislike them. I just sick of them winning because I love Gronk as my man. And but I like the fact that Andy Reid is the is the coach of the Chiefs, and I always liked him as the coach of the Eagles. So yes. I do. For that reason, I like them, too. And he actually is a friend of Nancy Payton, who lived in my home, grew up in the home I own now. We bought it from her sister. And Nancy is a good friend of Andy Reid. So, um... How did you know that? Because she told me. She's the one who got me the picture from Sean and Reggie Bush for Sean, my Sean. And she said that she, um, uh, she's a very good friend of the Reeds. So, um... Anyway, he's, I just like him. I think he's neat. So we'll see. Well, All the way around. I remembered the other thing I wanted to say. What? <laughs> Yay. Um, this week, I was uh, I did a, an episode, I guess it's called, of the podcast where I was being interviewed by someone <laughs> for Power of the Purse podcast. And that someone is a guy named Matt Halloran, who is one of the partners of uh, top advisor, the group that I've been using to produce my podcast. And we started talking about doing this in September of alternating between one of the two podcasts that I produce per month being him interviewing me and the other one being me interviewing somebody else as a special guest. So we taped it on Tuesday. And this one, we've just been. I don't know why, focusing on uh, divorce. So I talked about, you know, between uh, the week before Barbara Barbara O'Hara was here, we Mm -hmm. talked about the the concepts of uh, prenuptial and estate planning in in a second marriage and divorce. And then when she was here last week, those of you who may have listened, we talked about it with the uh, importance of a prenuptial agreement and why they make some sense. And then uh, I had recorded this podcast, but it had been scheduled for two weeks earlier. So that didn't happen. We had to reschedule it. So what I did is I said to to Matt, I, I really would like to focus on the chapters in the book, in my book. So Yeah, that'd be cool. So he, this one we did was about divorce. So he read the chapter. I, I reread what I wrote and had it in my head. And so out of that came the five mistakes that baby boomer women make in divorce. So when we come back, I will read that article and talk about that podcast. Cool. And you're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. We'll be right back. Here's Lori and Lynn. We're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am managing director of a company called, uh, I was going to say Power of the Purse. 
<laughs> a company called Women of Substance LLC, which is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. Fear, oh, no, that's the subtitle. Power of the Purse. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and a whole bunch of other places. <laughs> And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising, PR, and special event business. So, as I was just referring um, to this podcast that I recorded this past week, one of the things that we came up with as a topic for the podcast was the chapter in my book, Power of the Purse, on Divorce. And I decided that I wanted to try to skew it just a tad and talk about um, gray divorce, which has been defined uh -huh. as people who've been married for more than 25 years. Yeah. So uh, let me read this uh, short article. It's called, F I haven't published it anywhere yet. So it's five mistakes women make in gray divorce. And it was funny that I did this because right after I finished recording this, with Matt Halloran, I I just had this urge to open up a blank Microsoft Word document, and I just started writing it. I thought it's a great article. I could I could really multi-purpose <laughs> this. There you go. So anyway, I said in this article, I've seen it before, and I'll probably see it again. Women opt for the traditional settlement agreements in a divorce, and they are not always in their best interest. But in the face of our society's rules of order, they make a lot of sense. Let's look at the maligned female spouse. She has devoted all of her time to raising their children, and she is taking time out of the workforce now to care for her parents and perhaps her parents-in-law as they age. She's been out of the workforce for more than 10 years, more like 20. And her husband of 30 years announces he wants a divorce. <laughs> The reasons are relevant. The result, the same. Two households living on one primary income and the standard of living for both will suffer. Given that, how can we enlighten the women to see more of the future for themselves rather than opting for what makes them feel good now? Let's start with the mistakes that are made at the time of divorce. Number one, women overwhelmingly opt for the marital home. After all, it is their nest. They brought babies home from the hospital to this place, endured the trauma of a busted prom date here, rejoiced in the state baseball championship title in this home, and all the other memories that make a house a home. And she wanted the grandchildren to come back to this place as well. Her children's rooms are the same as before they graduated from college and left the nest, just in case they needed a place to come home to. Why wouldn't she want to keep that feeling of security in her life in a most insecure time? Number two, she opts for the house instead of half of her husband's retirement plan and his other forms of compensation he'll receive in retirement. Her knowledge of the many forms of retirement income available either through his employer or through his business are never discovered by her. Her attorneys will undoubtedly comb through all the options, but some of them are not discoverable. Her ignorance will leave her without adequate income to sustain that marital home once he retires. In most settlement agreements, the alimony ends once one takes retirement, including his Social Security. 
She'll be entitled to half of his Social Security if they were married for 10 years or more, but rarely is that enough to sustain the current lifestyle. She'll be forced to sell that marital home sometime down the road when the real estate market may not be that favorable or take in borders. Number three, she wants to get out of the marriage as soon as possible, so she settles for whatever she can get just to have it finished. The reason this is not a good choice should be obvious, but one's mental health is important as well. That's a good reason to let the attorneys handle that as long as she realizes that this protracted litigation must be so that she is served in the end. Excuse me, number four. She wants to prolong the divorce litigation so she can punish him for whatever his sins were. (laughs) This serves no one except the attorneys whose fees will consume a greater part of the assets they could have split. Mediation as a technique for settling divorces has gained popularity in recent years by both the courts and litigants as a simple, simpler, less costly way to get this done and move on. And number five, failing to forget, I'm sorry, failing to project her retirement needs when considering divorce. Most divorce planning works on current lifestyles, but as we see more of the gray divorce, the focus must be on retirement income needs. Again, choosing the value of the marital home when figuring out the equitable distribution of assets leaves the wife with an illiquid asset. She can't sell off a room or two to get money to invest for income. He can take lump sums out of his 401k plan or IRA if he wants to. This is why that decision at the time of divorce is so short-sighted. It's hard to say. It is so important to take a long-term view of the lives to be lived by both parties in a divorce. We generally opt for the resolution of the immediate needs to try to maintain the current standards of living and less interest in how things will be as we age. In gray divorce, that time period in our lives is more apparent than divorcing in our 20s or 30s. Please keep these thoughts in mind when considering a divorce after the age of 50. Ta-da. And yeah, so what about if the guy stretches it out, the divorce out, because he's mad that you you want the divorce? Same yeah. thing. It's the same thing. You know, okay, it's because it's got to be said on both ends. Oh, absolutely. So. I just did that because uh, taking that perspective, because most baby boomer women were the ones who stayed home. Not so much the next generation, but most of them were the ones that stayed home and took care of the kids and then now are the caregivers for parents and parents-in-law. Right. And so they never really had a chance to get back into the workforce or really be able to just stay current in what was going on. And one of the things I talked about in the podcast was how important it is and how much easier it is now for women to get themselves up to date in their careers because you can do that online. You can take courses now online. You can get recertified online. You can get a lot of things done now without having to go to a formal um, educational institution. 
so you don't have to sign up for classes and go at night or on the weekends, even though you can. But what I'm saying is during the daytime, when there's some downtime, you could be on a computer and taking some mm -hmm. courses and, and updating your resume and dealing with people who know how to do that, how to take your skill sets and make them look really great so that when you decide you're going to get this divorce, the assumption is in there that you have a certain amount of income you need to earn. Do you and think people should prepare for divorce whether they're not getting a divorce? Yeah. Or do you think that takes away an, uh, vital energy and, um, uh, and the time you should be spending on the marriage? There's valid reason for that, too, for what you just said, for spending your time and energy on the marriage. But I also think that in today's world... Because people are living longer, the probability of them staying with that same person into their 70s and 80s is significantly diminished. When you look at the, the statistics, the, uh, since 1960, 70% increase in baby boomer divorces, gray divorces. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much that you you don't want to be with that person but there's also the fact that a lot of women are saying all right i did all that stuff i'm now looking at retirement and there are things i want to do with my life that i don't think my current partner would want to do and a conversation about it is maybe you want to go and you want to live in california southern california he has no interest so what do you do just dump him I guess. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> That's know. Hard. That's I, a hard one. It is. But if, if that relationship has become so estranged over oh, the well, years. If it's, if it's already that, teetering. Yeah, that yeah, you can't work out something with him in that regard. Did you ever see that where it's really people who could not agree on living in a different location? Yes, and they I have. just really? Yep. And what happened? They divorced. <gasps> It was somewhat of an amicable divorce. I mean, in the sense that they understood it wasn't because somebody's cheating on me. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. because I lost interest. It's just that I, I, usually it's the wife who says, I want to do some things with my life. And I've put my life on hold to take care of so many other things. And now it's my time. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a website for dating Called, yeah, you said that. Is it my time or me time? One of the two of them. But it's it's for people who are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s who say, I'm ready for something else. No. So it, it does happen. And, it, and I'm just saying it is because of the fact that we live so much longer and we want other things for our lives. And actually, men have been saying, I want something else for a long time. Yes, they, they have. And it's been their decision to, to bolt. Yes, they have. And you know that old line, they usually don't unless there's somebody else. You're correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll usually try to stay if it if it's not they won't they they won't leave to just get rid of the divorce the marriage they won't right women 90 will. what percent what is it 90 something. i don't know what the number is it's, it's high so women are doing the same thing yes in their own way but not right. necessarily on the extramarital yeah this uh, a lot of women are not leaving a marriage because they're having an affair or there's somebody waiting in the wings. Right. A well, greater women don't need that. They that. don't need to have that anyway. That's what they've learned. Yes. That yeah. is what they've learned. Mm-hmm.
So it is very interesting to see how that has developed. And I, even though I can say I'm shocked when I get a call from clients that I think are doing well, really so well out together. Well, it's so norm, right? It is. But then I, I look at it and I think, you know, eventually I get the answer. I figure out what the story is, either me or they tell me. Mm-hmm. But that is the kind of thing I'm hearing more and more often. It's the woman. It's the woman who's saying, I've, I've raised your kids, okay? I did all the, the crappy work while you were in whatever school, dental school, law school, medical school, whatever you want to call it. All right, well, you are now making big bucks. You're happy. Um, and there are things I want to do with my life that I don't believe you want to do with me. Mm-hmm. And if they can't work it out, to do that, then that's how it ends up. And I, Carol King was interviewed the other day on Sunday, uh, CBS yeah. uh, Sunday morning. Yeah. And she said, you know, I've come, I'm 70 some years old and I've just come to the conclusion. I don't need a man. I don't need this to be happy. I don't. And I mean, it's, it's not just everyday people. Everybody, everybody has this goes through the same feelings and the same stuff, no matter who they are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it's kind of neat to hear her say that because she struggled with that. And what she did in her life with Jerry, what was his name? Jerry, is it Gelfin, Geffen, whatever it is. And it's just amazing. And then she didn't want that the show beautiful to to be you know to go on to be on broadway and and she per, she did a surprise performance at the fifth year um the other day she they rolled her out on the with the piano i think that's great but anyway i love that show so you're listening to the laurie and lynn show everybody and we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back here's laurie and lynn Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. You are listening to Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I'm Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. It is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So, of course, all the wonderful magazines came in this week. AARP I got mine, but I didn't read it yet. Well, I'll give you a little preview. Mm. Um, We have talked many times about the fact that so many people they're they're calling these um were they just gigs the gig economy yeah, yeah. you know where mm-hmm. people are doing things to create income for themselves in very interesting ways that does not require that they're they're technically business owners but does not require capital except if you want to be an uber driver you got to have a car. car insurance and all that yeah stuff. but i mean other than that it doesn't require Right. Franchise fees of 250000 mm-hmm. just to get started. So there's, there's a lot of uh, this particular, um, I want to say episode, that's an edition of this magazine, has some very interesting alternatives that I think some of our listeners might be interested in hearing about because you might be able to do them yourself. Now, some of these people had training before and did something with that. Others did not. So we have uh, one woman named Norma Oquendo. She's, her job right now is a commercial insurance rater, R-A-T-E-R. 
She was 62 when her prior employer closed its doors. I wasn't ready to stop working, she says. I still had a lot left in me to contribute, and Social Security doesn't pay my mortgage. So what she does is she provides insurance rate quotes to insurance agents who work with businesses such as convenience stores and hotels. The agents send her applications, which she checks for missing information, and after an insurer quotes a price for coverage, she finds out whether the customer wants to proceed. Now, what she likes about it is new software for her work is continually rolling out, so she enjoys learning how to use it. You can't be stuck in old ways of doing things. The challenges, I miss the interaction with coworkers. No paid vacations. <clears throat> excuse me is a concern and if you do take a vacation who's going to do the work you've been doing how she landed the job suspecting age discrimination in her traditional job hunt she sought out an age blind job with work at home vintage experts that's work at home vintage experts they valued my experience that's w-a-h V-E. You might want to look that one up. That's interesting. She said she um, make, works 35 hours a week and makes $17 an hour. That's better than minimum wage. Okay. Okay, Diana Hood. Diana Hood is a high school English teacher. She, she got that job through Connections Academy, which we've seen around here. Mm -hmm. She's 60 years old. She retired after 33 years as an English teacher and a school librarian in Texas. Nearly a year later, this is what I said I love about it, she set up shop in her daughter's old bedroom. Uh. <laughs> That's great. She teaches English literature to 200 seniors in public high schools across Texas who, for one reason or another, are studying at home and not attending a local school. Her work involves a virtual class, tutoring sessions, and constant communications with students via email and phone calls. The challenge, she said, the physical distance. I can't say, sit in that desk and finish that. You have to rethink how you motivate kids. Yeah. I guess so. The money, she makes around $50,000 a year oh, for good. a 10-year school year. 10-month. I'm sorry, 10-month school year, mm -hmm. which is on par with the surrounding school districts. That's not bad. No, that's not bad. Okay. Then we have Jim Ratzlaff. He's a research analyst. Um, three years ago, he retired after a 30-year career as a computer programmer, business analyst, and application development manager for companies including Boeing and Fender Musical Instruments, but he wasn't feeling useful. Even worse, he and his wife started to eat through our savings, and we needed a new car. So he works remotely for a sales and marketing support firm. He researches leads for the marketing campaigns his company does on behalf of clients, and he writes for those campaigns. I work about four hours a day, Monday to Friday, but it's flexible. I started as a digital marketing, administ marketing administrator putting together marketing emails. What he likes, he gets to work on a variety of things that fall within his skill set. Plus, he says, I don't have to drive to work or dress up. The challenges, as an independent contractor, there are no insurance benefits. 
but I'm on Medicare. Since I work remotely, there's no company picnic, but I don't really miss that sort of thing. <laughs> so I said, how he landed the job? He signed up with a job search site. The hardest part was narrowing my, my search to what I wanted to do. He earns roughly $16,000 a year. Okay. Four hours a day. Whatever. All right, so, but he's 69 years old, which I love. I mean, that. And he can make any amount of money, though, right? Because and it doesn't affect us. Where that sixty-two-year-old chick, right? She can't until make more her than, yeah, until her normal retirement age. There's a cap on what you can earn, and still get a hundred percent of your social security right. if you choose to take it. Then, right? If you don't, and you wait until you're whatever it is, sixty-six or sixty-seven. You can make whatever you want, and nobody's going to bother you. Do you still have that fear? Um, I know years ago we talked about this, that you should take it at 62, even though I know it goes up 8% every year if you wait, but the fact that they're afraid that there's not going to be Social Security? No. So you believe differently now? I Only because of... Because you're in that position. <laughs> well, yeah, but I didn't take it. Um, because of the economy. The economy is strong, which means that as more people are working and putting into Social Security, and that alone means that it's more robust a system than it was five years ago. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what they're going to do, but I still think at this particular point, it's worth it to keep going as long as you possibly can. Okay. So unless there's a good reason, like illness... Or something that you know you're never going to be working anymore. Did you do you know for sure, Lynn? If, if, if what if you're self-employed and you don't pay self-employment um, social security tax? Do you have to do that? You have to pay it. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's part of it. Part of your tax. But it's a percentage, right? A certain. Yes, it's a total of thirteen percent. Okay. That you have to pay, but it. Yeah, and because half I of hear it, people say often, "Well, they didn't pay that much into Social Security." So, what does that mean? That means that because they probably I thought didn't you had to pay that. Well, money. you do, but that means they probably didn't make a lot of money, oh, okay. or didn't make it all that it was subject to taxes. It like, could have been under the table. Cash. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. if you didn't do that, because um, that's what it was, someone in more in a cash business. Mm-hmm. Who said that? Their friend that they were talking about. They said, "I don't think he paid." Um, that much in so you know into social security because he had his own business but a lot of it was cash so that was the reason then okay there you go that's yeah. why well i mean and and what it is and there is a cap on how much you can get from social security right yeah regardless of how much money you make right there's it, a there's a cap there's a certain, what is it do you know what it is it's north of uh $2400 a month it's around that so it's twenty four, twenty five. Regardless of what kind of money you made. Right. Because because there's a cap on how much you actually are forced to contribute. So once you make more than a certain amount of money, they the, don't take social I security see, yeah. out of your check anymore. Right, right. So everybody's got that limit. It's like hundred and eighty thousand, something like that. This I don't know what it is this year. But as you reach that point, if you're earning that kind of money, then it's like a bonus you get after that because you get that money back in your paycheck. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you hit that number, whenever it is during the course of the year, you're done. Okay. So that's not bad. No. All right, so we have Paulette Weems. 
She's a virtual assistant. This is one I love to talk about because it's so easy for people to do this. And, it, and you're right at home. You don't go anywhere. She lost her job as an executive assistant to a police chief. She wasn't quite sure what she'd do next. I had not had to apply for a job in 20-some years. Just the task of putting something together on a resume was intimidating. She serves as a virtual assistant for a variety of clients. She sets up meetings for a marketing communications firm. For example, she organizes a schedule for an airline pilot. She helped one client sort through 45,000 emails. We keep those little things at bay so they can stick to bigger things. What she likes is said there's plenty of sunshine in her home office and she has time for family. The decrease in stress is unbelievable. The challenges friends and family can be, can be disruptive. They know you're working from home, but they still call during the workday. Uh -huh. Now, you've, you've run into that one, right? Well, Mike, I'm always on the phone with stuff. I have to do it. But, yeah, people think you're not working because you're yeah. working you know, for yourself or at your house. And they stop yeah. by for visits. And well, stuff. Yeah. You know, so you have to constantly remind them, I'm working. Yes, I am home. I am wearing yoga pants. I am working. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. She made 35000 last year. So she's she must have like an a la carte menu or something oh, yeah, that most, she puts well, out and just says Here's what I'll do for this. Assistants have are part of a a group. There's virtual assistants va.org or something like that online. And if you go on and you um, create a profile for yourself, then people can search for those words that they're looking for. So the person who wanted the emails would just put in email assistant or something. Right, right. So you have a huge list of all different skill sets that you can pick from when you put yourself on this website. So people from all over the place, all over the world can actually yeah, access that's cool. you. That's it's neat. a neat thing. Yeah. I like it a lot. Any other ones before yeah, we just wrap? One. Uh, Leslie Bailey Clark, she's a commercial lines account manager and a voice coach. Um, she, her client is Perkins Insurance Company. She's 53 years old. She started working in the insurance business right out of college, and after stints in customer service, she's now working out of a guest room turned office <laughs> yeah. in her home. So what she does, she's an independent contractor and licensed insurance agent. She works with her clients' existing customers, providing proof of insurance on their behalf, getting them to rate quotes at renewal time, and renewing their existing contracts. So she discovered something called Work at Home Vintage Experts, which is what there we just go. talked yep. about. And she makes 30 hours a week, $20 an hour. That's what she does. $30 a week? She said... $20 an hour, she works 20 to 30 hours a oh, week I was gonna say for $17 an hour. She's all over the place, but uh, yeah. she said she loves it. She gives voice and piano lessons to aspiring actors, actresses, blah, blah, blah. Neat. So you can do it. Yes, you, you can. You can do it from home. you got to be clever, creative, and, and get online. Work. There you go. All right. Well, Lynn, good luck to our friend Jess and Tyler this yeah. next couple of days. Yeah. And next week, hopefully, we'll be reporting on a, um, bouncing, a bouncing baby girl. That's it. <laughs> Who won't be an Aquarius. But anyway, okay, everybody, thank you for listening. Have a nice weekend. If you're going to have a celebrate, uh, uh, you have This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.